Hey kids, and welcome to Papa's Bible Stories. For each episode, I pick a Bible story to talk to my kids about. I have a beautiful son, Jacob, who is 10, and a beautiful daughter, Leah, who is 7. And these stories are for them. But even though these stories are for my kids, Jacob, Leah, and I would love it if you decided to join us. So what do you say? Let's get started. The Israelites were still camping on the east side of the Jordan River, making final preparations for the long-awaited invasion of Canaan, the Promised Land. The two spies had come back from Jericho with great news. All the people in Canaan were super scared of the Israelites. This might make the invasion a little bit easier. God had told Joshua that he would be with him, just like he'd been with Moses. The fiery cloud still hovered over the camp. Manna still came every morning. God was certainly still with the Israelites. But there were still so many unanswered questions, not the least of which was, how would the Israelites actually cross the Jordan River? Now, the Jordan River wasn't always a huge and deep river, but as you kids know, rivers can look a lot different depending on the season. Rivers can get big during the spring and small during the summer. And it just so happened that when the Israelites needed to cross the river, that it was the time of the harvest, a time when the Jordan River, as the Bible says, overflows all of its banks. Which means that at the time that the Israelites were needing to cross, the Jordan River was deep, wide, and flowing super fast. It probably looked more like a rapids than a river. How were the Israelites going to cross that? I mean, it was one thing for the two spies to do it because they didn't have to bring any armor or wagons or food or livestock or children or anything like that. But the Israelites certainly did have to worry about all those things. So how in the world would the Israelites manage to cross the Jordan River? Well, as you might have guessed, God had a plan. And Joshua stood up and said to the Israelites, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. By this you shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over before you into the Jordan. And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests who bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of the Jordan, that the waters of the Jordan shall be cut off, the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a heap. So basically, the priests were to go into the tabernacle, grab the ark, take it outside, and walk all the way down to the edge of the Jordan River. And once everybody was ready, the priests were to just walk into the river. And according to what God was saying, as soon as the priests' feet touched the river, the fast-moving water would be miraculously stopped upstream somewhere, piling in a heap, almost as if there was an invisible dam. The remaining water would quickly drain away, and then the Israelites, with all their extra stuff, would be able to cross. 
Now, some people probably thought this was crazy, especially the priests who were no doubt tempted to think to themselves, why do we have to be the first ones to go? But of course, most of them had learned to trust God in these situations. And the Bible says, So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan, with the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as those who bore the Ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore the Ark dipped in the edge of the water, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap far away. The Israelites stared with amazement at the water piling up in the distance, and then they stared at the empty riverbed in front of them. The Israelites, who had been camping in and around the Jordan River for quite a while now, were probably a little weirded out seeing the river with no water in it. You know, when Papa was growing up, we lived near Niagara Falls, and we used to go see the falls all the time. And one time, I remember going there when they were doing some maintenance to the falls. And when they do that, they have a way of really turning down the amount of water that goes down the river and over the falls. And when I saw it like this, I remember looking at it and feeling like it looked super strange. Like, whoa, that's what it looks like with hardly any water? And I'm guessing that the Israelites, sitting there looking at the riverbed with no water in it, probably had a similar strange feeling. Now, after the river stopped flowing, the priests carried the ark to the center of the riverbed. And this is when the Israelites noticed that there had been another miracle. The Bible says that the priests who bore the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan. That's right, kidzos. Even though there had been a raging river there just moments before, Not only was all the water gone, but the ground that the priests walked on was dry. No mud, no slime, no big puddles of water. It was completely dry. Now this would obviously make it much easier for the Israelites to cross with all their livestock and wagons and everything else. And no doubt it reminded the Israelites of when their parents and grandparents had crossed the Red Sea because God had done the exact same miracle there too. They had also crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. With the ground completely dry and the priests standing in the middle of the riverbed, the Israelites went ahead and crossed the Jordan River. The Bible doesn't say too much about the actual crossing. But you can just imagine all the families with young children, all the animals, all the wagons, and of course, all the soldiers making their way down the riverbank, across the riverbed, and up the bank on the other side. Eyes wide open, mouths to the floor, in total amazement of this incredible miracle that they were looking at. And no doubt, more than a few of them were thinking back to when their parents and grandparents had crossed the Red Sea and how much like that that this was. Everyone couldn't help but feel that God was with them. But after the Israelites had all crossed over the river, it wasn't quite over. With the priests and the ark still in the middle of the riverbed, God said to Joshua, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from each tribe, and command them, saying, 
Take for yourselves twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priests' feet stood firm. And so, twelve men, one from each tribe, quickly went back down to the riverbed again. They went right to the middle of the river where the priests were standing, and each one picked up a, probably, medium-sized stone. And then they took the stones back up the riverbank to where the rest of the Israelites were waiting. And what were the Israelites going to do with these 12 stones? Well, God wanted them to be set up kind of like a memorial at the first place where the Israelites would camp on this side of the Jordan. God wanted the Israelites to remember this amazing miracle that God was doing for them. And God said to the Israelites, When your children ask their fathers in time to come, saying, What are these stones? Then you shall let your children know, saying, Israel crossed over this Jordan on dry land. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan before you until you had crossed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up before us until we had crossed over, that all the peoples of the earth may know the hand of the Lord, that it is mighty, and you may fear the Lord your God forever." Not only did the Israelites end up setting up the stones at the next camp, but while the twelve men were collecting their stones, Joshua, without being asked by God, went ahead and picked up another set of twelve stones for himself and set up another memorial right there in the middle of the Jordan River, right where the priests were standing. With all these memorials of the Jordan River crossing, the Israelites wouldn't be forgetting this miracle anytime soon. Once everything was done, once the stones had been collected, once Joshua had set up his own memorial in the middle of the river, and once the Israelites were safely on the other side of the river, God said to Joshua, Command the priests who bear the Ark of the Testimony to come up from the Jordan, which Joshua did. And as soon as the priests and the Ark had arrived safely on the other side of the Jordan, The Bible says that the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all of its banks as before. The invisible dam that had been holding back the water disappeared. And while all the Israelites watched, the water came crashing down the riverbed again. After everything was done, the river had returned to the same level as when the Israelites had first arrived, almost as if nothing had happened. All right, kidzos, so what lesson can we draw from this story? Well, other than a reminder of just how powerful God is and that God really can do anything, something that stands out to Papa is just how important it was that the Israelites remember what he was doing for them. Think about it. God is doing this super amazing miracle, holding back the mighty Jordan River, making sure that millions of Israelites cross the riverbed safely. And right in the middle of that, God basically says, hold on, hold on, go back, get some stones. We got to make sure that the people remember this for as long as possible. Doing the miracle was one thing, but remembering the miracle was another it was super important to God that the Israelites remember what he was doing for them. 
And it's the same thing for us, kidzos. God does amazing things for us all the time. God sometimes even does super amazing miracles for us. Like one time when Papa was 19, God saved me from a horse riding accident. Maybe one of these days, Papa will share that story in a bonus episode. We'll see. It was an amazing miracle that God did for Papa. Now, what did Papa do to make sure that we don't forget about that miracle? Well, Papa didn't set up 12 stones as a memorial like the Israelites did, but Papa does make sure to tell you kidzos that story every once in a while, just so that we don't forget. But even if you don't have a big miracle story like that, there's still all kinds of little miracles that we can make sure not to forget. Like, have you ever prayed for something and it happened? Have you ever asked God for something and he gave it to you? Have you ever asked God for help and he helped you? Have you ever found out that if something hadn't happened exactly the way that it did, that your life would be much different? Well, these are all little miracles that have happened in your life, and it's important that we remember them too. How you remember them? Well, that's up to you. Maybe you write it down in a journal. Maybe you talk about it at worship. Maybe you bring it up around the campfire. Maybe you sing a song about it. Maybe you make a video about it and share it with your friends. The sky is the limit. Notice how Joshua found his own creative way of remembering. Yeah, he set up the stones in the middle of the Jordan River. God didn't ask him to do that. He came up with that on his own. And I'm sure that God loves to see how creative we get. But the important thing is that we do indeed find a way to remember, just like the Israelites did at the Jordan River. After the Israelites crossed the Jordan River, they camped at a place called Gilgal, where they did indeed set up the stones as God instructed. The Israelites must have been super excited. After all these years, they had finally, finally, finally made it to the promised land. They were actually moving ahead in God's promises. And with this big miracle, they were extra super duper sure that God was with them. But do you know who wasn't super excited? Yeah, the people who lived in Canaan. When the people who lived close by, the Canaanites and the Amorites, saw the Jordan River dry up and this horde of Israelites cross into their territory, the Bible says that. Their hearts melted, and there was no spirit in them any longer. If they hadn't been scared before, then they were certainly scared now. Would the Canaanites and Amorites take the hint and get out of Dodge? Despite everything that they were seeing, would they still decide to put up a big fight? Well, we'll find out all about it next time. All right, kidzos, that's it for this one. I hope you guys enjoyed the story. In the next episode, the Israelites will indeed reach Jericho, their first major challenge in the promised land. But until then, to all the kids tuning in, I hope you have an awesome day. God be with you, and I hope we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.